0: UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast, Episode 24. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. As usual, we start things off with the release of the new AP Top 25. The Gonzaga Bulldogs remain the number one team in the country. And we also have two other mid-major programs inside the Top 25 this week. We have Loyola Chicago at number 21. They are 19-4. and four. And then we have San Diego State at number 22 at 17-4. and four. And I saw a stat this week about San Diego State head coach Brian Dutcher, who is now 90-30 and in his first 120 games as the head coach since taking over for Steve Fisher in 2017. So pretty impressive run. And I think part of the reason why they're ranked is because of that impressive run. Because, you know, I talked about this in my last pod where I could name at least a half dozen other mid-major teams that deserve to be ranked ahead of them, including the three teams ahead of them in the Mountain West Conference right now, but is what it is. As for Loyola Chicago, you know, I believe in all honesty, they are fool's gold. I've watched them play seven or eight times this year, and I just don't get it. They are not that good. Now, they are the number one defensive scoring team in college basketball, which means nobody allows fewer points, which, hey, that's going to win you some games, but just go look at the level of competition they've played. It is not that good. You know, even when they got to play Drake, they played Drake minus their leading score. And they still split those games. So, at this point, based on Loyola Chicago's record, they're going to get in. Whether they win the Missouri Valley Conference or not, they're going to get in. And I would imagine they're going to be a 4, 5, or 6 seed. And whenever the bracket is released, I am 100 percent taking the higher seed, whoever's playing Loyola Chicago, uh, barring, you know, some crazy misfortune, some team that, you know, is an eight seed that wins a conference tournament and gets in. But whoever is playing Loyola Chicago in the bracket, pick them, pick the other team. So I just got off the Missouri Valley Coaches Conference call this morning. And uh, Loyola Chicago head coach Porter Moiser on that call. And he just previewed his matchup this weekend. They got a tough matchup with a good Southern Illinois team uh, coming up this weekend. And they could give them a go. I think Loyola Chicago will get through. But here's Porter Moiser talking about his matchup this weekend.
1: We're not surprised how confident they're playing and how tough they are. Um, I just think they're playing with a lot of confidence. Um, I look at their their guard play, all very, very tough. Not surprised um, at all. Um, and then I'm looking at Filowicz. His confidence has just grown and grown and grown. I know he just alluded to that, um, but he's he's a dual threat with his scoring and passing. He's he, he makes you make a decision: Are you going to go at him, get it out of his hands, or are you going to let him be single coverage? Um, and he's we, we seem to have a bunch of those in our league: Prim um, and fife Those guys are that they make you think: What do, what are you going to do? And um, he's he's this far into the season, he's not a freshman anymore the way he's playing. He's playing super confident as their guards are.
0: He also talked about kind of the glory days in the Missouri Valley Conference going back a couple of years when they were getting three, four teams, uh, you know, on automatic bids into the tournament. You look at, you know, the Wichita State years when Northern Iowa was, was a pretty good team and Illinois State teams, some of the other teams kind of here and there and kind of reflecting back on, you know the glory days of the Missouri Valley, and can we see a return to that in the next few years? Based on the talent they have, they are definitely getting a lot better.
1: Yes, because I mean that that time period sticks in my head a lot because I was at the bottom at the Illinois State trying to turn it, and there was like five or six teams ranked, and it's very hard to turn it when you when you have that many good teams. The thing that the similarities is this: when you when they started talking selection Sunday, when they started talking, you know this time of year with, with your resume. You know, back then, I remember saying, like, I think it was Bradley or someone like that, you're saying good wins. And there was like five or six resume wins from our league. And that's what's happening right now. We got three teams in the top 100 in their net. You know, one to 75 road win is a quad one road win. You know, quad two road wins. We're starting to have, you know, we have a number of teams that are quad two. So we're getting good wins within the league. And that helps build your resume, and that's the similarity. Why I think our league's so strong, we've always felt that, you know, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But it, according to the the quad stuff, maybe it wasn't there. Well, this year we still feel the same way. Anybody can beat anybody, but the, the, our rankings are the quad. The resume building is bigger within the league, and I think that's a big similarity.
0: So there's Loyola Chicago head coach. Porter Moiser from today's Missouri Valley Coaches Conference call, which I was on. So going back to the Zags, I watched them destroy San Diego on Saturday, 106-69 to 69, behind 21 points and 8 rebounds from Drew Timmy. Jalen Suggs with 17 points and 7 rebounds. Corey Kispert with 16 points. And Andrew Nemhart with 12 points as well. So the Zags, the number one offense in the NCAA with 93.4 points per game. Baylor is number three at 87 points a game, but I bet you cannot guess who the number two team in scoring offense is. Go. Well, I'll tell you, it's Bryant. I mean, not a lot of people even familiar with who Bryant is, but they play in the Northeast Conference. They are 12-5 this season. They're number two in the conference behind Wagner, which says to me they can't play a lick of defense. If you're the number two scoring team in the country and you're still number two in your conference, you can't play defense. Either way, uh, Iowa number four, in scoring. And then Colgate, number five. I love Colgate. Talked about them last week. I wrote an article this week on them on undraftedfreeagent.com. You can go check that out. The most underrated team in college basketball. Uh, they are sneaky good, led by Jordan Burns. This guy is you know, as good a guard as you'll find in college basketball. A little undersized. Now, the only rub for them, I think they should be in March Madness, um, but they got to beat a pretty good Navy team coming up in the Patriot League Conference Tournament, so Navy will be their stumbling block. Other than that, you should see Colgate in the NCAA Tournament. At last check, when I checked last week, now they've won twice since then. I watched them beat Boston University a couple times this weekend, uh, pretty comfortable. And they were number 10 in the net rankings last week, and so they just won twice this week, so I would imagine you know, they should move up. But, yeah, I mean, if you were to pick who the number two scoring team is in the country, Brian, and who is in the top ten in the net rankings, Colgate, believe it or not, up there. So watch out for that. So uh, getting back to Gonzaga, they've got a couple schedule changes this week. They now play Santa Clara February 25th, which is Thursday, and then Loyola Marymount February 27th. This is a couple games they had postponed uh, earlier in the season. They've rescheduled and worked the schedule around. So two more games for the Zags. To not have them prepared playing mediocre competition that they're going to walk through easily and uh, be frustrated when they get to March Madness and actually play some real teams. Either way, you know, I was thinking about this with Gonzaga. And, you know, prior to working in sports, I was a music agent for Grammy-winning bands and Juno-winning bands here in Canada. So that's the Canadian Grammys. You know, I've produced concert tours for Rihanna, The Roots, I've uh, produced shows for Justin Timberlake, Norah Jones, you know, these are Grammy-winning artists. Akon, uh, The Black Eyed Peas, The Wu-Tang Clan, uh, you know, Royce the 5'9", dozens and dozens and dozens of well-known musicians. And an agent's job is to get, obviously, one, get the most money for your client, but also build them a certain brand, uh, one that is sustainable. And this is what a good agent does Anyways. And also make sure they're playing the right venues. So if you have a band that is red hot, but they're playing smaller clubs, you're probably going to get fired as an agent because you're not maximizing their potential, you're not maximizing their brand, you're not maximizing what they are. And this is what the Gonzaga Bulldogs are right now. The Gonzaga Bulldogs are a festival and arena band. Someone, if they were a band, they should be headlining Coachello or major festivals all over the world, Creamfields in the UK, Glastonbury, whatever. But they're playing little small nightclubs. You know, right now, I mean, they are so good. You got three guys who are definite first round picks in the NBA draft, maybe more. And so I would relate that to having three number one hits on the Billboard charts right now. And they are still playing against St. Mary's and Pacific at 10 p.m. Eastern sometimes not even on a major network i was trying to watch them earlier this year playing against northwestern and you had to go on the northwestern university or northwestern state excuse me which is not even northwestern which makes it even worse you know tiny school from down in the southland and you had to go on their youtube stream to watch gonzaga this is ridiculous okay it's not consistent with the brand that mark few has built and don't get this twisted this hasn't been a band effort you know, Gonzaga's not the Rolling Stones. This is a solo act. This is something that Mark Few built himself from the ground up. And, I mean, this guy is, I mean, it's a real blueprint for success that not only other sports teams should be following the path of, of how he created Gonzaga from, you know, this very small school in, you know, the Northwest United States that nobody knew where it was. It's now a national brand, and if not a global brand. And so... They, I would think even corporate companies would follow the model of what Mark Few has built and how to create success. And so, you know, by the way, I hope he's doing corporate gigs. Um, you know, Mark Few, I'm assuming he's got an agent and a pretty good one. Guys like that are probably represented by CAA or, you know, whoever else, one of the major agencies. But um, he should be doing corporate gigs which pays quite a bit. You know, I I used to work for the biggest music agency here in Canada called the Feldman Agency for three years before I then went on and started my own agency, which I ran for over a decade. But when I was at the Feldman Agency, we used to do corporate gigs quite a bit, so you know, major corporations. I remember once we did a thing for Celine Dion, who got paid around $3 million by Air Canada, the airline, to fly in from Quebec. They obviously chartered a private jet for her. She got off the jet. She sang one song at Pearson Airport in a hangar for employees of Air Canada and got paid $3 million and then got back on the jet and flew home to Quebec. And so uh not a bad gig i remember sarah mclaughlin obviously the you know look sarah's an amazing talent but she would write some of the most depressing songs ever known to man we got our million bucks to play at a wedding stuff like that you know david usher's canadian rock star i got him 10 grand to play at a small wedding you know stuff like that and so gonzaga similar to that they need to be playing the festivals bigger clubs so if i'm involved with gonzaga right now they need to figure out how to build this into a national brand. So they should be creating kind of mini tournaments for themselves at Madison Square Garden in New York City or the Staples Center in Los Angeles or something in Miami, Atlanta, you know, three or four team tournaments, invite in, you know, whatever. If it's in New York, you bring in St. John's, you bring in Georgetown, you bring in Seton Hall, whatever, you know, traditional Big East powers and you make it something. Make sure it's on, you know, CBS on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, ESPN primetime, major stuff and whoever's doing the scheduling whoever's doing it is got them playing on a, on a Monday night at 10 p.m. against St. Mary's that you know I mean diehards like me will watch but the general public and the general fan not seeing it OK, and, you know, they're getting away with this year, obviously, by being the number one team in the country. But in years ahead, it's not going to work. They got it. wow, well, you know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, wrote an article about this. They got to get out of the West Coast Conference. Now, someone on YouTube actually made a good comment to me. I suggested the Pac-12 would be the right move for them. But he said, well, Gonzaga doesn't have a football team, so I don't know how interested the Pac-12 will be, which is an excellent point. So thank you for that random person on the Internet. It's rare you get some decent information. But, um, you know, Mountain West, wherever, they got to go somewhere. Because this West Coast Conference isn't consistent with the brand that Mark Fuse built. And, uh, you know, they got to go. You know, I I look at, you know, what Ohio State does in football. I'm a big Buckeyes football fan. And, you know, for the past couple seasons, they've started off the season with home and home series. You know, one year it's at, at the horseshoe, next year they go. But, you know, they've played USC, Texas, Virginia Tech. Big time programs are not afraid of not not that Gonzaga wasn't afraid this year to schedule big teams early, which I was very surprised, but ended up working out. But this has got to be a year round thing. It's got to be more consistent, uh, and it will help build them into more of a national powerhouse. Obviously, it's going to help recruiting. Um, but yeah, this these late night you know live stream, not even on network games. It is bush league, and Gonzaga has outgrown this, and they got to get out of it. So I wanted to jump topics. I got. A direct message from the head coach of an NCAA Division I team pissed off at me this week. So I did my rankings a couple weeks ago of the worst teams in college basketball, and I had Mississippi Valley State, who at the time hadn't won a game as the worst team in college basketball, and I spoke about their head coach, Lindsey Hunter, who's a two-time NBA champ. And I mentioned in that clip, which I'm going to play right here, here's what I said about Lindsey Hunter and Mississippi Valley State a few weeks ago and then we'll get into the private message he sent to me. So here it is. And a team that isn't looking good right now, Mississippi Valley State. So they are 0-13 on the season and they lost to Prairie View 77-31. So they're just getting, you know, they're getting their asses handed to them. It's not even showing up. Talked about this last week against Southern. They lost by 40-50 against Southern. And here we are again losing by 40 and change, whatever, to Prairie View. And I just don't understand how you can have a Division I basketball team who's that bad. You know, you have the entire world to recruit from. Now, look, I know Mississippi Valley State doesn't have the budget that Duke has, or North Carolina, or heck, even Belmont, right? But. 0-13, 0-13, and, 13, and I, I just had a look at their roster, and you know, whatever, it's guys from all over the U.S., and I think they have one or two international guys, but their head coach is Lindsey Hunter, a guy, hey, M- two-time NBA champ with the Detroit Pistons, guy had a stellar NBA career, man, he's, you know, Lindsey Hunter has forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know but I don't think he's got an eye for talent. When you're 0-13 in the swag, this is year two for him, second year coaching at Mississippi Valley State, and you're 0-13, and, 13, and you're, you're you're getting destroyed every week. You know, I talked about, uh, who's at Delaware State, I think it was, and you know, it's still still winless, but they're taking teams overtime. you know, they're losing by two or three points there. Their guys show up to play, they got a little bit of fight in them, and they're just, luck's not on their side right now. But Mississippi Valley State, I don't look, hey, luck obviously ain't on your side, but, Seventy-seven, thirty-one again. Like it's just, you just you gotta see a little bit more fight out of the guys, and you also need to recruit. You know, expand your recruiting range to Lindsey Hunter. Like, you know, hey, I'm up here in Canada. I've talked about it. The amount of guys that are under recruited up here that are clear Division One players, it's you know you're ignoring so many pockets of talent, guys internationally, whether it be Europe, you know, Australia, Canada. There are dudes out there that. Could help you be a lot better than 0 13. So, man, it, this is this is one of those you got to look in the mirror kind of issues and uh, straighten it out because that's not getting it done. Lindsey Hunter. So as you can see, I you know I mentioned that Lindsey has forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. Their head coach. I mean, I was looking up pictures of the internet on him. Found a picture of him. You know, after playing with the Lakers, winning the 2002 NBA championship, and it's you know Shaq, Kobe, Rick Fox, and Lindsey Hunter right there holding the NBA championship trophy. But when you're one in 17 right now, and there are 347 teams in Division I college basketball this year, Mississippi Valley State is ranked dead last in net rankings. So, why I'm getting messages from this guy, and so basically what he did, I, I check my Twitter, I get a DM, and there's some stupid gif of two guys high fiving each other, and Lindsay's quote was. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate your support with a bunch of exclamation points, which I know he's being sarcastic. But even that is just childish to be like. And look, by the way, I'm a member of the media. So whatever my direct messages, this isn't not off the record. You know, I'm 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 in the media. You DM me, you know, if you say, hey, this is off the record, I'll keep it off the record. But there was none of that. So I'm putting this on the record. And so he DMs me, Lindsey Hunter, and says, thanks a lot. Appreciate your support. I respond with one in 17. That's it. Just one in 17. That's his record. So he's like he responds, hey, do you have any idea what we're going through here, the budget, the resources? I come out of my own pocket to help these kids succeed, which what I understand is, is he admitting to me that he's helping his players financially, which is obviously against NCAA rules, um, that he's insinuating that he helps them out financially in order to make this work, which is uh, not, uh, not the brightest thing in the world. But um, I responded that, yes, I am aware of the resources you have, like I said in that clip. And I said, Lindsay, I respect and admire your career as a player immensely. But if you're concerned about what some guy in Canada says in a podcast, I don't know what else to say. Lindsay then responds, do your job. One of my players sent your kind words to me. Whatever. It's cool. We will be fine. So, I mean... I was just shocked at how childish this whole exchange was. You're the head coach of a team that's 1-17, and you're shocked that people are talking junk about you? Like, you play in the NBA. Lindsey played in the NBA for, I don't know, what, 15, 16 years? Maybe more. I don't know. He had a long career and an excellent career. The guy could ball. I mean, I played for the Toronto Raptors. I watched him play in person. I paid to go watch him play. Duke can play. But if you're concerned about some dude in Canada, what he's saying, a podcast or any writer for that whatsoever, you are in the wrong business. You have the wrong job. You cannot take this, which is it's just absolute bush league. So if you're a fan of Mississippi Valley State and you have hopes that they're going to turn things around because they've been getting whacked by 40, 50 points a night, don't hold your breath because this is uh, I'm still in shock at kind of how embarrassing this whole exchange was a head coach DMing some writer in Canada. 'Cause he doesn't like what he said about his team that is one in seventeen. Anyways, Bush League. Uh just like Mississippi Valley State is. Um, at the end of this pod, I'm gonna do my betting picks. Now a lot of the games today, because it's Tuesday, a lot of these games are afternoon games, so I didn't wanna pick it because by the time I record this and get this up, probably be wrong anyway. But I did find one game for tonight and there are no odds up for tomorrow other than one game, which I didn't know. So going to have to give you one game for tonight. We'll, we'll get that at the end. Um, I got a bunch of credentials for the conference tournaments coming up. So hopefully I'll have some better audio, some, you know, some of the stuff I just played, whatever. And so, yeah, I've been pretty busy doing that. And I also wanted to talk about my son, Alex, who recently announced his commitment. He got a scholarship to play soccer at Algoma University, which is in Sault Ste. Marie, Canada, which is eight hours north of Toronto. But I'm kind of happy about it. Now, he was hoping to go to the U.S., but with the border closures, there was all these ID camps and showcases he was supposed to be at, which obviously all canceled over the past year. So we also, you know, I wanted to get him out of Toronto area. The restrictions here and the lockdown nonsense are insane. And when you go eight hours north of Toronto, they seem to care a little less about you. And there's a lot less fear pumping up there. And a lot more restaurants are open. Facilities are open. Like I know the university's at right now, those kids are training. Whereas a lot of the schools in Toronto, they are not allowed to train right now. So we kind of like the idea. He's also got three other players from his academy team, which is a really good team. One of the top academies in Ontario. They're all going up there together. And it looks like they're going to try and build pretty good program. So congrats to my son, Alex, on his soccer commitment to play for Algoma University. I am a very proud father. So I wanted to go back to some of the games over the past week, as we usually do. So going back to a couple days ago, last Wednesday, I watched the entire Boise State 79-70 win over Utah State. Now, Utah State in a bit of a trouble here. Raleigh Worcester, who is their star freshman guard, was in a boot with either a sprained or broken ankle. They wouldn't say, but he was with a boot on the side, which I know Americans are probably getting a laugh at how I say boot here in Canada. Um, But uh, yeah. So um, then they played again Friday night as well, and so... Keep an eye on that Mountain West race. VCU beat Richmond going back to last week, 68-56, Then loses to George Mason a few days later, and I watched both the games. And in the Richmond game, VCU electric. Talked about one of the five best mid-major teams in college basketball, and then they come back and are just horrible. I was going to swear there, but uh, <laughs> I stopped myself from doing it. So they are so inconsistent, and that's one thing that you know is plaguing VCU. They VCU is a team that could make a run to the Sweet Sixteen. Or they could get whacked in the A-10 tournament and we'll never see them again. They're just so inconsistent. So one team that isn't inconsistent. Drake, 77-69 over Northern Iowa. They are now 22-2, looking really good as we head towards the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Loyola Chicago squeezed by Valpo, 54-42. Again, Valpo not that good of a team. And here we are, you know, I talked about it. fool's goal, Loyola Chicago. I mean, they squeezed by, they did get it done, but hey, uh... Still don't think they're that good of a team. So also going back to Tuesday of last week, Bowling Green beat Ball State, which was one of my betting picks. I had two betting picks, and so I picked Bowling Green. I think they were minus two, and they ended up winning 75-62. And I also picked, like, I think it was Texas – Texas Texas A&M, and one of the the games got snowed out all those games in Texas canceled so I was only one of one of my bets last week so I'm now 11 of my last 16 and stay tuned to the end of this podcast I'm going to give another game Toledo 87-75 over Miami this week they're now 18 and 6 best team in the MAC and uh, also watched a pretty good game this week. Northeastern picked up a game late against the North Carolina Tar Heels. I watched this. This was great because my guy Coleman Stuka who was a kid. I called his high school games for the last three years of his high school, and he went off at one point. He had three threes in a row against the Tar Heels. North Carolina obviously won, but just happy to see you know one of my guys having success in one of the most famed buildings in college basketball and uh, shooting the lights out, which I always believed he could do. So shout out to Coleman Stuka on Northeastern. Also this week, Belmont now has 21 straight wins after wins over Jacksonville State and Tennessee Tech. I saw with the AP rankings, they're starting to get a couple votes. I think as of right now, they'd probably be number 27 or 28 uh, if they... You know, anything outside the top 25 if they counted it, but Belmont starting to get a little respect from the national media. And finally, I made a point. I talked about this in one of my previous podcasts. I hadn't watched a ton of Summit League basketball. That's like South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota. I watched them. So I, I, I made a conservative effort and I sat and watched South Dakota State versus North Dakota State. Great game. They played a couple games back to back. I watched them both. So South Dakota State uh, has this kid, Sheeran. Nice player. Uh, he helped them win. I mean, this guy was just shooting the lights out. This kid easily hits a three with 15 seconds left. And then North Dakota State just botched their attempt to win. But um, and then they did. I watched them a few days later. North Dakota State ended up coming back to beat them 84-82. So good league. Um, it's, it's a little bit old school basketball, more fundamental fundamental basketball. You know, you don't see the alley-oops and uh, a lot of the highlight reel dunks and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of good players in that league. And so right now it's South Dakota. Not South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. So South Dakota, the number one team in the Summit League, as they head towards the conference tournament right now. So one of the things also this week, you know, I Richie Riley, the head coach at South Alabama, is one of my favorite head coaches. Him and I have a good relationship. I was the first person to interview him from the national media, anyways, when he got the head coaching job at Nickel State, and I think he appreciates that. And so Richie and I, uh, great relationship. So I tuned in and watched them. And so Friday and Saturday, South Alabama beat Appalachian State. Back-to-back, back, and they're now the number one team in the Sun Belt at 16-8. and eight. So they started off slow, got some pretty good news uh, late in the season that transfer Michael Flowers was going to be eligible, and I believe he's their leading scorer right now. So that helped them quite a bit, you know, sort of changed the fortunes of, the, of their early slow start. But shout-out to Richie Riley down at South Alabama, man. There, it looks like they're, they're peaking at the right time heading into the Sun Belt Championship. Also this week, I watched Dayton hammer St. Louis, seventy-six fifty-three, and I told you so all year long. You know, St. Louis when they were ranked for for weeks and whatever, I was like, this team is no good. This is it's this is the national media. They cling on to one mid-major, and then they all go, oh, oh yeah, oh I guess they're good. So everyone starts to vote them, knowing full well you don't watch them. And so sure enough, you know, St. Louis just completely fallen off the cliff. They're terrible. And, uh, you know, one of the things that this has taught me is, you know, I've watched college basketball for over 35 years, and I think I have a pretty good eye on it. And so, you know, I've learned that trust your eye. Don't listen to what these guys on television are saying or what these guys on Twitter are saying. Trust your own eyes. And I in my own eyes. St. Louis ain't that damn good. And um, so I'm going to stick with that as we head towards Mark Madness and especially putting my bracket together. So Winthrop this week, now twenty one after beating High Point 71-63. Talked about this earlier. I think it's time for Tubby Smith to retire. Um, he's just not getting players at High Point. I know this is like, you know, his alma mater, I believe, or he coached there years ago. But um, he just looks unmotivated and showing up, kind of getting a paycheck. And uh, I just, you know, Tubby's one of those guys I think would be better off suited as an assistant at a school, you know, in the Big Ten or SEC and, you know, getting paid comfortably, because this guy's had success. You know, he's been the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, for God's sakes, college basketball royalty. But uh, he just doesn't look motivated anymore. You know, the results speak for themselves. So I watched Grand Canyon beat Cal Baptist on the weekend, 71-61. I watched Toledo beat Buffalo. Uh, Boise State over Utah, watched that too. And then Saturday, you know, i the Zags over San Diego State. Colgate, Navy, watched all these games uh, George Mason beating VCU. Going back to that Grand Canyon-Cal Baptist game, I love this. I love the Grand Canyon games. One, they're on late, so it kind of suits my schedule. But there's actual real energy. They have people in the crowd. They have cheerleaders there. There's energy, and it feels like watching real college basketball. Not, you know, either fake pumped-in crowd noise, which is I, this is why I've stopped watching the NBA, especially in that bubble. And they're pumped. not only were they pumping in crowd noise, it was so offensively loud, you couldn't even hear the commentators. And it's like, look, I, I know pumped in crowd noise, it helps some people. But for me, you know, I you know, I watch a ton of soccer as well. And it drives me nuts after the goals. They got these empty stadiums and you hear this pumped in crowd noise. Well, it doesn't make me forget, you know, cruel governments putting, you know, unnecessary restrictions on their people. Um, every time I hear the fake crowd noise pumped in, it, it drives me insane. So uh, I, I prefer the silence. It's a reminder of some of the nonsense we're going through and how unnecessary it is. And, uh, I'm a firm believer in, and the lockdown and, uh, especially here, we've gone through very strict lockdowns here in Canada, especially in the Toronto area. And I've had it, I'm fed up with it. And, um we're all ready to to get back to life as as is. But anyways, yeah, go check out some Grand Canyon. Uh, the energy in the in that arena is is amazing. So speaking of that, you know, this whole kind of the lockdown and stuff like that, I heard, you know, I was on that Missouri Valley conference call today, and Dan Muller, who's the Illinois State head coach, had some great comments just about how thankful he is to be playing this year and, you know, how it's been great for his players' mental health. And I think this applies to society as a whole. Um, being together, being together as one and, and surrounding with your, your friends and family is important, and especially for these players and especially for college athletes. So here's Dan Muller, Illinois State uh, head coach, talking about the, talking about that from his press conference this morning.
2: But the biggest positive, and again, not a silver lining, is we get to play basketball. And if you think about what these guys would be doing um, if we weren't allowed to play, uh, it's it's dangerous it's dangerous mentally for these guys. So just the emotional, mental and physical outlet that all our players have um, to be able to go out and do something you enjoy is, is the biggest positive. But again, the experience from our guys and, and just the last part I would tell you is just the the gratitude that you have know, to so many people struggling Um, to be grateful for what we have, even though times are hard, you know, certainly are, are they're not as hard for us as most. So, being able to understand how grateful we should be, how blessed we are to be able to do these things. So
0: also today, the Horizon League announced their all-conference players and teams this year. So shout out to my guy, Shamar Rattan Mays, the young man that I called all four years of his high school and swore up and down whatever mid-major team he would go to, he would be an all-conference player. And he was a very late signing for Youngstown State, and he was on the all-freshman team. So another giant, uh, I told you so. But the Horizon League conference player this year, Loudon Love from Wright State, the coach of the year, Dennis Gates, Cleveland State, which I agree. Uh, freshman of the year, Marquez Warwick from Northern Kentucky, defensive player of the year, Trey Gamillion, Cleveland State, and the sixth player of the year, Matt Johnson on Detroit Mercy. So the first team, all first team, Tori Patton on Cleveland State. He's their leading scorer. Really nice player. He's like a combo guard forward. Uh, definitely check him out during the conference tournament. Antoine Davis on Detroit Mercy, who is number three in the NCAA in scoring. He's averaging 23 24 a game. He's the son of head coach Mike Davis, coaches Detroit Mercy. Mike, of course, former head coach uh, at Indiana, took them to the 2002 national championship game where they lost to Maryland and then also coached at Texas Southern. For a number of years and had success there. And so that's his son Antoine. And this kid can shoot the lights out. Also first team Jalen Moore in Oakland. Who leads the NCAA in assists with 8.4 a game I believe. Pretty impressive. Tanner Holden Wright State. And Luden Love or Loudon Love. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Both from Wright State. All first team Horizon. So congrats to all of those young men for achieving that success. And so now what I want to get into is my betting pick of the week. So this is for tonight's game. Like I said, there was a couple games on. I like Northern Alabama getting 16 points um, against Liberty, but that's a noon game, so it's already started. So who knows about that, but but don't don't count that as one of my picks. But my pick for tonight, I like Texas Tech minus 3.5 versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, a team I have watched a great deal because I know Matthew Alexander Moncrief, the freshman well called, you know, like Shamar, I, I called all four years of his high school. And uh, they're good, but they're young. And Texas Tech, just a little bit more discipline. They play better defense. I think Texas Tech peaking at the right time. You know, Chris Beard's got them playing some excellent basketball. And I think they beat a very young Oklahoma State team very comfortably tonight. So go Texas Tech, minus three and a half. So there we go. Episode 24. I missed Friday's pod. A little under the weather. I am struggling. I soldiered through this one today. Not feeling the greatest. But uh, hopefully, we'll have uh, another pod for you on Friday. And then come conference tournament and NCAA tournament, I'm going to do multiple a week. So I'm going to sit and watch the games and then maybe do some shorter pods, whatever. But I will have a lot more content as we head towards March Madness and all the conference tournaments. So thanks for joining me. Of course, check me out on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Check out the website, undraftedfreeagent.com. And of course, follow our socials, undraftedfreeagent.com, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And we'll see you in a couple days on my heart.